everyone, my name is Ryan Van Loon. I'm the author of The Sin and the Steel, book one in the Fall of the God series. It launched from Tor Books this summer in July, uh, and the sequel, The Justice and Revenge, comes in July of 21, so pretty soon. Uh, and I've actually finished the trilogy. Uh, we're working on edits now, but uh, it's done and completed, and the final one will come out in 2022. So uh, I wanted to do a reading for you all today. Normally I read chapter one, but the book's been out for a little while, so I thought we'd skip ahead a little bit and, uh, and read from a different section. Um, so again, the book's called The Sin and the Steel. Uh, if you haven't picked it up yet, just all you need to know is uh, my main character is named uh, Sambukina Bakalhura. She is a Sherlockian teenager straight from the streets. Um, her and her partner in crime solving, a swordsman named Eld, are the first private investigators really in their world. And uh, they've been blackmailed by the most powerful trading company to discover why uh, their sugar shipments have gone missing in the far-flung reaches of the world on a place called the Shattered Coast. Uh, the, you know, basically, uh, what's in it for Buck and Eld is a seat at the table of power if they, if they do this. And uh, if they don't do this, then they could wind up hung. So a little bit on the line there. And then, you know, along the way, mayhem ensues. They encounter pirate queens and the undead, and then the gods get involved. And unfortunately for Buck, the gods have plans. Unfortunately uh, for the gods, Buck has plans as well. So the scene I'm going to be reading from today is a little bit in. Uh, they've just arrived in the Shattered Coast at a, a port city called Port Aushin, and they're investigating pirates, uh, which, you know, you might do if you're looking for sugar shipment disappearances. So I'm going to get started. Uh, this is Chapter 10. Again, the book is The Sin and the Steel. It turned out that Port Aushin was lousy with pirates. A few doubloons slipped to an appropriately disheveled ruffian covered in tattoos and more hair than I had known was possible, pointed us towards an abandoned tannery lurking on the outskirts of the town. The man had appeared confused that we wanted to pay to find a recruiting meeting, but Gold has a way of silencing questions, and his directions to the dusty side alley and the overgrown yard were easily followed. Old and I were dressed a little too fine compared to the rest of our compatriots, but we arrived early enough to secure a spot next to one of the old tanning vats. The lingering aromas from the factory's working ears still burnt our eyes, but kept everyone else away. A right proper turnout! A large woman, wearing what looked like a blacksmith's thick leather apron over her dress, stood up from the stump she'd been resting on. First off, let me save any Imperial agents the trouble. We're all here as free privateers, looking to sign and sail and plunder that, that is to say, appropriate, under proper authorities. Aye? I, twenty voices chorused. Not pirates. Not pirates. Well then, now that we've established our bona fides, the woman said, let's get down to business. There's ships what need bodies to sail them south. The northern routes are filled with peace-loving merchants of our imperial brethren. Filled with man-o'-wars, too, a voice cried out. The woman laughed with the rest. Oi, them too. It's been too long since we sailed south, and Mama Hammer... She chapped, tapped her considerable chest. Wants to change that. If that doesn't sound interesting to you, then you're welcome to leave. Now, those what stay, we can discuss the specificities of our arrangement and... What the bloody mizzen top do you want? A young man in a loose jerkin and even looser trousers stepped around the man in front of him. Are you really sailing south? His voice suggested he was used to more respect than his disheveled appearance warranted. 
That's what I just said, isn't it? She asked, spreading her arms wide. Everyone laughed. You think Mama Hama's a lawyer? The laughter died at that. He shook dark hair out of his eyes and leaned forward. I think you should sail north. Listen, Milksop, I don't know where you left your brains today, but you'd best sit down or I'll bury you a fathom deep with one stroke. The woman pulled a blacksmith's hammer from within her apron and shook it. A smile played across his features. There was something dark in the expression, and I felt my muscles stiffen. You still sail south? I own my name, boy. Don't tempt me. The young man nodded slowly, and his lips pursed as if he were about to say something. Mama Hammer shook her implement again, and he shook his head as if in reply. He turned away, and as he moved, I saw the sun catch something bright in his hand. A vial. He tossed its contents back with a single swallow, and a heartbeat later, his body jerked as if he had a palsy. I told you to reconsider, he said in a voice several octaves deeper than before. Remember. Mama Hammer started to speak, and he growled. Remember. Shit, he's a mage, I spat. What? Eld stood straight. One of the followers of the dead gods, Veni Ficus. The word left my mouth at the same instant the lad's skin exploded outward, and he felt all fours quivering and then screaming in bass bellows as his bone cracked. You see mages every day, walking around in their fine robes with medallions swinging around their necks, and sometimes, if you haven't had experience with them, you forget what dark powers they wield. I'd seen more than a few and had little cause to, cause to trust them. Eld hates them more than me, though I don't fully understand why. All that's to say, when a young man rips himself apart to reveal a full-on raging bull with steel horns, it's hard to ignore. The bull bellowed, and so did Mama Hammer, but her swing rebounded off the beast's horns, and a moment later she followed, tossed like a piece of flotsam. The vat she hit screeched as it cracked, but her head cracked first, and that was the end of Mama Hammer. Men started screaming, fighting with one another to escape the yard, but the vats created natural funnels, and where they ran, the bull ran too. Four legs are faster than two. I would have been content to watch, save Eld moved past me and leveled a pistol. It leapt in his hand, and the bull howled, paws digging up giant furrows of mud as it spun around. It dropped its head at us. Whoops, Eld muttered. God damn it, Eld! Any ideas? I run! And not in straight lines. I shoved him hard to get him moving, then ducked behind the nearest vat. The one we'd been leaning against tipped over with a squeal of metal on metal that was all but drowned out by the bull's roar. Or was it the mage's roar? There was a lot of roaring and none of it good. I can go on about lack of emotions all day, but sometimes they get the better of you. Turns out, all it takes is a rampaging bull up your arse and you understand fear. Keep fucking moving! Eld shot passed me into an opening between vats, slid to a halt with a yelp and backpedaled into me so that we both went down in a heap. The bull filled the opening where Eld had been a breath before, Anger flashed through me. This is how we die? I saw the bull's muscles bunch beneath its pink skin and readied myself for the inevitable, even as Eld struggled to get to his feet. There simply wasn't enough time. The bull launched itself at us with another ear-splitting roar. Some lucky bastard in a tattered ram red bandana ran around the vat behind us, tripped over my leg, and went arse over face right into the bull's path. The creature's horns took him through both shoulders, and the man slid down to their base with a feral scream. The bull shook its head back and forth, but the man was stuck, screaming into the bull's face. Eld pulled me to my feet. Fear drained away, and time seemed to slow. Left hand a slingshot. Right hand a bottom of purse, slightly larger than the rest. The nose is the most sensitive part on large beasts. 
I dug in my purse, left hand closing around the handle of my slingshot, right burrowing farther until my fingers touched smooth lead. It took another moment to find the shot I was looking for, but Eld filled the time by drawing another pistol. The pirate's shoulders finally tore free, and he flew through the air with a scream that ended in a crunch of bone and flesh. The bull lowered its head. Its eyes were pure red and its mottled pink skin. Then Eld fired, and the creature disappeared in a cloud of smoke from the pistol. I couldn't see the effect, and the beast did little more than grunt, so I wasn't exactly surprised when a mountain of flesh and horns charged at us through the smoke. I brought the slingshot up, dropped it slightly as the bull lunged forward, and released the ball at ten paces. The bull's scream turned from rage to pain, and the beast slid to a halt two paces from us, nearly cartwheeling end over end as its front hooves tried to reach its nose. It shook its head, blood flecking the air. It paused, glaring at us through eyes that suddenly looked more human than they just had, and bellowed so loudly I felt it in my chest. I didn't have time for another round, and even if I did, I only had one silver ball. The creature cried again and spun around, leapt over a vat, crushed another pirate beneath its hooves, and then was gone in a whirling crowd of dust. Silver, I said when my breath came back. Only thing that will turn of any ficus. Why, silly me, Eld said lightly. He stepped over the flattened pirate's bloody corpse. Guess I wore the wrong sword. And so that's the end of that scene. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Um, there's a lot of mayhem and, and fun and, and swashbuckling, and there's a lot of heart, too. So uh, if you want to learn more about Buck and Eld, uh, you can pick up The Sin and the Steel wherever fine books are sold.